0: What a day this is going to be. Can you feel the excitement, Peg?
1: Oh, Al, I've given up on excitement. I'm going for relief. (laughs) Which brings us to a little promise you made just last spring.
0: Sex again. (laughs) Peg, we've been married for 17 years now. Can't we just be friends? No. I don't like you. I just want to have sex with you. (laughs) Let's rock.
1: Thanks, Dad.
0: Can I get it open?
2: Whoa. Oh,
3: buddy. No man presents live from the Nudie Bar. The Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts. Cherry, Justin, and Al. Hey guys, we are here. We're hot off the pr- grill, and it is time for season four of Married with Children. It all begins here. Now, uh, let me introduce the guy who is. Listen, we all know he's going to be paying sailors in hell. Cherry, what's up, man?
4: Hey. You gotta get it any way you can, and if that's what I gotta do, that's what I gotta do.
3: Yep. Our, uh, Jerry is my sainted co host.
4: Yeah, I was born a wanted man, but I will die a sailor's wife.
3: <laughs> and the guy who confesses his sins to Reverend Felcher, Justin, what's up, man?
5: Uh, Reverend Felcher. Do <laughs> you believe
3: that they brought him back? No, I don't even know who that is. He was mentioned in Poke High when Kelly jumped on the football field. She screwed up a bet. Okay, that's what I was thinking. It was a reference to. Okay,
5: I don't remember the
3: reference Felcher thing. Uh, Remember what felching means? I gave you a description. Oh, yeah. Yeah, pretty gross, man. Pretty gross. I'm going to try sometime. (laughs) Wait, no, wait. (laughs) Uh, Never mind. So, guys, we're talking about hot off the grill, but what's more important is that We are kicking off season four. This aired on Labor Day weekend, September third, nineteen eighty nine. I checked, and that was part of Labor Day weekend. Um, Labor Day was the fourth, and that's on a Monday. So this episode actually starts off with season three credits in the beginning. Am I
0: right? Yeah. Am I right?
3: all right, guys, well, when Al cooks up a Labor Day barbecue, family fun goes up in flames. Well, that's vague enough, but just by reading that description, you would think, you know, the grill falls over. and house sets, catches yeah, on fire. House up, yeah, <laughs> but okay. Now, this starts off, I always love when uh, the show starts off with, like, uh, jerk-off radio announcers and stuff. Like, our first episode of our podcast started that way. Hey Chicago, what a day
5: for a daydream! Show me an unhappy man today, and I'll show you a shoe
0: salesman, Jim.
3: And I wanted to start that, obviously, because we're doing a podcast. Um, But I always love when they like insult their audience. And this is all coming out of their TV, but it just, it feels like one of the radio uh, gags in the beginning, but this actually, they're all watching TV, and the shot pans across their house, and the big reveal is that they're the ones who are sitting around watching TV when they shouldn't. (laughs) And the lady says Connie, and they must be talking about Connie Chung. She was kind of famous uh, as the whole newscaster. She eventually married Maury Povich.
6: Yes, Connie, I'm coming to you from Fort Lauderdale, and we're rocking to celebrate summer's last hurrah Labor Day weekend. I don't even know why we're on, because you'd have to be a real no-life to be home on a picture-perfect day like this. (laughs) Labor
3: Day weekend in general, I always sort of dreaded it because that's the weekend of my birthday or at least my birthday is a couple days after and that was always the sign to go back to school because I think we always went back after Labor Day, right? Yeah, Um, sure.
2: Mom, please. Is this how I'm going to spend my Labor Day weekend? Sitting between my mother and a pizza with everything? (laughs) The holiday got you down, Kel. Well, let's just pretend it's a normal day. Get up on the table, dance around, and me and Mom will put dollars
1: down your blouse. Now, Bud, not everything Reverend Felcher says from the pulpit is true. And I'm just like,
4: holy shit, both of you. (laughs) Like, one, Bud, you basically just told your sister to strip in front of you. And then, Peg, you literally are just like, uh, things said at the pulpit are lies. And first of all, why is he talking about Kelly stripping at the con- at the congregation? Why is he like? Why is his Sunday sermon about blonde bimbos stripping? Maybe it's to stay away from certain girls. I guess, but damn, Peg knows they sounds like they actually like called her out on it.
3: Yeah, that's hardcore.
4: Oh well, then again, he hates Kelly for jumping in front of the guy. Okay, that's true. So maybe he could have been talking trash greeting vultures
0: your meal tickets here guess where I have been
1: locked in the trunk of your car with a dead
0: cat
3: and it's it's death but no one we know yeah those are
0: some huge pit stains (laughs) I was thinking how could we have a perfect labor day and then it hit me while well, all those families are morons are wasting their time going to the beach, guess where we're gonna be? No, not another family barbecue. Yes, a family barbecue! <laughs> Al has a couple
3: Labor Day, like, he has a mini-speech here and then a big one at the end.
1: But honey, just once, we would like to do something we want.
0: Well, we can't do something that you want, and I'll tell you why. Because it's, it's Labor Day, not Leech Day. That's Christmas. <laughs> It's not Parasite Day. That's Mother's Day. See, this is a holiday for the working guy. Celebrates all the people who work so that all the people who don't get to live longer and have more than he does. So tomorrow, unless God willing, I die in my sleep, I get up for me and celebrate for me. Tomorrow is our Bun Day.
4: I, I actually like it. I, I like him slinging some, some venom towards these non-working uh, people of the house. Did you guys have a, a family like that?
3: Like, was your dad the only worker and, like, you guys just did nothing or? Nope.
5: Uh, yeah. Um, there was a point in time where they both worked. But for the most part, yeah, it was a one working
3: house. Well, it's going to be Al Bunday. And that's another little insight for our podcast. Um, the first time we ever recorded this show, on I, I do it to Skype uh, just so other people can hear it right away, but we're live here in the nudie bar. But um, yeah. yeah. But when I when I signed into Skype that day, you could type something, and I guess people see it if they log in and see your name. And the first day we did this show, I wrote, today is Al Bunday
5: wow little bit of trivia
4: interesting i didn't even notice it oh good what do you think an al bundy hot dog would be like a dog. like if al bundy had like if you went to a restaurant and they had a al bundy hot dog what do you think what kind of what, like what would be on that hot dog
5: onions and mustard
4: yeah
3: sauteed <laughs> onions that's disgusting <laughs> i hate raw onions like when people i go to this house thank god he'll never listen to this show because i hang out with him a lot lately <laughs> but when i go to this guy's house in the summer his wife mashes chopped onions raw into the she mixes it into the meat and then Ugh. makes patties out of it and i'm like can you please stop doing that
5: Yeah, a lot of people do that. It's pretty common.
3: Well, well, believe it or not, not in my life. This is the only person who does it.
5: Hey, don't they cook a little bit though? No, right? Like the onions would cook a little bit in the hamburger, right? Not
3: really. I like sautéed. I don't eat raw onion. That makes me. I hate the texture and the taste. I like it when they're sautéed.
5: Yeah, I mean, I, I actually don't like onions very much. Period. Um, I do like them maybe with like a steak every once in a while if they're like cooked right. But for some reason, I
4: actually do eat raw onions on hot dogs, like diced up onions. Yeah. And jalapenos. Onions are made out of pure oblivion and eating them will cause nothing but destruction for your body, soul and mind. Wow. <sighs> so I just want y'all to know that. All right. <laughs>
6: I want to sit around the house all day and sleep. It's like being at school.
0: <laughs> no, the difference between here and school is you'll be out of here when you're 18.
3: <laughs> it's not true, guys. No fear. She will be living there until she's uh, 26 or so. <laughs> the next
4: time you watch this episode... When Al delivers these lines, uh, pointing out the difference between the house and the school, watch uh, Katie Segal's face. She is about to lose it. She is about to break characters so hard and start laughing when she's not (laughs) supposed to. (laughs) That's funny.
3: I always like, whenever people on this show deliver lines, I always like to look at the other people.
0: (laughs) Now kids, since we're all going to spend the whole day together tomorrow, today, Get out. And don't forget I don't want my ketchup in those plastic squeeze things I want bottles just like the pilgrims had
2: I can't wait to have kids So I can make them suffer
4: Oh and they ask who their dad is You can play Wheel of Father Man he is on fire in this episode Dissing his sister Can you imagine Kelly might have a
3: kid one day And not even know Who in that span of time
4: Fathered this baby you know, what's funny how strict Al is with cooking out. He's like, I don't cook with one day old ingredients like I don't well, I don't grill with one day old ingredients. And I was just like, really? I've literally seen you eat a piece of bread that you uh, used to collect tang residue with. But you won't grill out with day old ingredients. A grill is sacred homie. Like, I don't know if you know this. No, I don't grill. I've lived in apartments most of my life. I don't get to grill. I mean, hell, even I grill, dude. Are you in an apartment too, Justin?
5: No, but oh, well, that's different.
4: My dad and stepdad apartment. grill. I just don't grill. I'm not big into cooking. I, I I grew up to be a man. Oh well, no, a chef is
3: a no, different no, thing no, than no. a
4: cook. No, no. Yeah,
5: yeah, like you're you're thinking of like slaving over a hot stove like we're talking about oh, throwing a steak I'm... on a grill
4: yeah <laughs>
5: that's like there's nothing more manly than that
4: Yeah, <laughs> I, mean. uh, I, I don't i don't i've never had a steak i like. oh uh, we already did that one yeah oh yeah. my god yeah I, I, you
5: make me cringe every time you say that it's just there's nothing there it's like a hamburger uh, oh, way oh. better
3: oh i gotta season the steak for him and ship it on over and packed
4: ice yeah right <laughs> yeah if i ever meet up with one of you the first thing i'll be like all right one of y'all go grill a steak
3: <laughs> The one of the greatest lines, and yes, I am dying to use this in real life, but it, it's going to take a while.
1: Which brings us to a little promise you made just last spring.
0: Sexy again? Peg, <laughs> hey, we've been married for seventeen years now. Can't we just be friends? <laughs> no.
1: I don't like you. I just want to have sex with you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, come on, honey. You promised me that when you were rested, we could do it. And besides, the way you do it, it's just like resting anyway. (laughs) All right, I'm arguing
4: a sex point for Al. Ooh. Because the doorbell rings and it stopped. And uh, it is made clear the next day that they did not have sex that night.
3: Well, she asked, so so I guess that's a, a loss, right?
4: Yeah, so I, I would like to say a sex point for Al right here. Ding, ding, Dude, ding. Dude, he needs all the ones he can get today.
3: Uh, yeah, because
4: <laughs> he's, to, he's about to already be losing as soon as this episode's done. Yeah. I also read somewhere that they, that, uh, they messed up the line, we've been married for 17 years, that it should be... Um, oh, 16 years of marriage, and what do you get? Yeah, and this should be eighteen or something and in like here in cause here in like the next season or the season after that they say twenty. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. So like apparently this is a goof on, on them for writing because it's it's past seventeen at this point.
1: Oh
2: Peggy, I don't know what to do. Steve is an unfeeling cur.
1: <laughs>
2: As you know, my sainted aunt Toonie passed away.
6: Sainted my foot, she used to pay for sailors
2: She was 67 and they wouldn't come for free anyway, anyway, I was her favorite And the honor of caring for her sainted ashes fell to me
6: And the horrible cross to bear of caring for $100,000 fell to her cats
2: Oh, no one understands but me
6: Oh, we understand, you're insane must you carry that urn wherever you go she sleeps with it you know I can't throw stones (laughs) look Marcy all I am saying is that it is unhealthy for you to walk around with a load of ashes while five moth-eaten cats have a bigger Mercedes than I do
3: her sainted aunt Toonie (laughs) died sainted my ass (laughs) she paid for sailors obviously
4: the what does that mean? Oh my God oh, is that beach. like male prostitutes? Yes. Why sailors? Because sailors are more desperate because they're out to sea with men constantly. And she knows them well enough because she named well Steve or either or Steve knows the Navy really well. Uh, you know he brings up the thing where she says Aunt Toni didn't like anything that didn't rub its face back and forth across her pot belly. So, this is actually a reference to a uh, Navy uh, initiation ritual, or hazing, known as Kissing the Royal belly. And uh, I had to call my dad to make sure this was real, because my dad was in the Navy. And uh, he said, yes, this is 100% true. So, it's now there's multiple initiations, and there's multiple different names. um, But basically, someone will uh, be wearing, like... Uh, nothing. They'll be wearing like maybe like a diaper or something. I have I have pictures. Or like sheets just tied around their their like groin area, and then they will take food and other things and rub it all over their belly. And then the uh, navy officer will have to, or the the new recruits will have to go over there and get their face rubbed all over the dude's uh, belly with all the smeared shit all over it. Uh, And this is known, and this was uh, done for, like, say, you were doing a line crossing ceremony for sailors who had never crossed the equator line. Um, And the the guy who's getting his stomach rubbed, he would be Neptune. He'd be playing Neptune. You're honoring Neptune. And uh, this was also referenced, this is also called getting your shell back. And you actually legit would get, like, a piece of, like, nicely done paper that says you got your shell back. And it's very, very... Very important. Like literally they would have it like they would have another guy dressed up as Her Highness Amphram Didey, who would be someone who already got a shell back and he'd just be in drag. There'd also be there someone to represent Davy Jones. And my dad Dude, was like, There's another the one. Yeah, it's so complicated. Yeah, he and he was like, There they do all kinda of shit. He was like, one time they took a bunch of trash and they left it out on the deck for it to just rot and get really stinky. Then they spread it throughout the deck and would make guys uh, for hazing like stomach army crawl through all of it. <laughs> and it's been outside in the open sea for days. Wow. wow. Um, there's different times. I've got and he sent me pictures and stuff so I'll post pictures in the group wow. of this kind of stuff happening. So now we know what Aunt Tooney was up to. Yes. Now you know uh, she was uh, helping sailors get their shell back on land. Which doesn't really count. I'm shell-shocked. After all that.
3: (laughs) I'm glad you said this. Uh, We didn't mention the writers. This time in IMDb, they credit uh, Michael Moy and Ron Levitt. But here's the thing. Do you guys know anything about the business? They write teleplay.
5: That means they actually wrote the script line by line. But the story was written by somebody else. Like the just story of what's gonna happen in the episode okay
3: well then story is gabriel topping and kevin Curran but these guys did the teleplay and marcy in the will i guess aunt tooney said that marcy is in charge of taking care of her ashes which means to me just lay them somewhere that's the end of it. Or throw him somewhere. I mean, throw him in the ocean or whatever.
5: <laughs> the ocean. Yeah,
3: she... Oh, yeah, I get the lake. No, I mean, like, the sailors, the ocean. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Put him on someone's belly. Caring for the $100,000 fell upon her cats. That is just an absolute douche. Like, who leaves 100000 You can't leave them to cats. There's no way. Like, who would possibly be in charge of the money that would say, well, I'm... the cats will get a little bit each day until all this money runs out. Who
4: could possibly be trusted? Look, if she's got the money to leave $100,000 towards cats, she had the money to pay to make sure by some lawyer or business to make sure this goes through Jerry, would you do something like this? I think I would leave my cat with someone I trusted and be like, I will, here's the money. It comes with the cat. Right. (laughs) Well, I would be like, you'll get so much every year. As long as this cat's still there, right? Yeah, after you submit the vet's report on my cat to this lawyer, then they will give you a little more every year. That's a good deal. I'm not saying I've thought about that. Yeah, I was going to say, you really thought that through. Uh,. But I'm just saying, there's there's ways to leave money to cats. There's ways to go about it properly. Wow.
6: Damn nouveau cats.
0: (laughs) Guys, 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 this should be a happy day. Not fighting and arguing and having sex with our spouses. (laughs) So I'm going to do something that I wouldn't normally do.
1: Use a (laughs) Q-tip?
0: Oh, want some loving, babe. (laughs) Hey. Us Bundys are having a barbecue tomorrow. And I'm inviting you two to share some of our famous Bundy burgers.
2: Well, I suppose Aunt Tony would like a day out in the fresh air.
6: She got enough of that when we rode her around the lake yesterday. (laughs) Thank you, Al. We'll be glad to come. What can we bring?
0: Oh, just the the plates and some food and some beers and leave the rest to us. (laughs) Oh, this is gonna be just great. You know, there's nothing like spending Labor Day with the family and good food and good friends. I, I think that it's more uh
5: less about inviting them over to hang out and more to just show off his burgers to more people because he's very proud of them.
3: Yeah, because it eventually hits him and
4: he's like, oh, what a charade. Oh, God, what a charade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that I actually didn't like that because I was like I was really liking this like super positive Al Bundy. Oh, what a charade. It just didn't fit. It didn't work. Yeah, I'm
5: kind of with it you didn't... on that. I, I like the change of pace where where it's like he's just so excited for the day that, that he's just happy.
4: Yeah, this is my first complaint of season four <laughs> was just that that joke failing. I'm going to have
3: to co-sign. I liked it better when he was in a good mood. It was a nice change of pace. It was uh, just refreshing, period. Yeah. you know,
4: Or at least if he would have done like good food, good family, good friends, well, at least the food will be good. Yeah. Even that. Like, something like that, that would have been way better. Yeah. I mean,
3: I get the humor in, in, oh, what a charade, I, I get it, but uh, <laughs> Al's drinking a Budweiser once again.
4: And Buck is hanging out by his feet once again, these feet that are supposed to do tremendous damage. <laughs> well, you're telling me that they
5: didn't indicate that he could escape a restaurant with one of his
4: shoes. <laughs> Yes, that happened. (laughs) Uh, No, but like I'm I'm posing the serious question. Do you think the family is immune to it? I just think
5: the
3: writers forget to do it.
4: I don't know. I think when, when they showed his feet, it's
3: obviously supposed to be pretty repulsive. I mean, they're not that bad, but it's they're not.
4: They're a little dark on the bottom. You know, they're a little dark.
3: I think I think we're supposed to remember the feet but um I think it's like living next to like a hog melting a fat melting plant like where they just melts hog fat and that's in the air it's like you know processing and then people around they, like when you go to buy you ever see the jokes where the people go to buy a house and they're like oh, what's that smell and they pull the curtains and it's it's like a plant of that the realtor goes oh you'll get used to that in 3 weeks or whatever you know like you just don't yeah. smell it no more you got to imagine they they live with it i mean it's they don't know another smell
5: i mean it's definitely true that you do get used to smells that you're around like have you ever went to somebody's house who had like a lot of pets cat piss it smell. smells real bad but you know that they can't even smell
4: it yeah <laughs> so cuz <laughs> if if that's the case then they then The only time they've messed up is in the house that Peg lost, with Marcy being by her feet and not dying. Well, she said... Not running out of the room. She said, how
3: could 10 toes, yeah, smell that bad.
4: Yeah, she makes a slight comment, but that's not enough for me to believe that it can run out a whole restaurant. (laughs) True. (laughs) Hey, listen. Can't let it go. So,
3: um, he's listening to Who Will Stop the Rain, unlike one of those crappy
4: 80s radios on cassette <clears throat> yeah, so here's a funny thing that uh who will stop the rain or is originally by credence clearwater revival but the version they're using is the one sung by robert jason Ooh,
5: probably cheaper to get the rights to the robert jason one i'm i'm guessing so oh yeah because they and... blow they probably blow their music budget later in the episode
4: <laughs> that's true but I thought, I thought that was interesting, and, of course, they use this as a, um episode name coming up. Yeah, they
3: do. I'm actually a fan of Clear, Credence, Water, Revival, whatever. Um, yeah, you're definitely
0: a fan. <laughs> you're a huge fan. No, but. no,
3: no. I actually bought their vinyl. Um, they have a vinyl uh, of, like, their best stuff or whatever, and I don't know why. I think it was from this show or something. Like, they had another song from these guys. Or something like that on, on the show. And I just uh, looked it up and I was like, what the hell is this name of this band? So I just bought their vinyl of their best of and I actually liked it.
6: <coughs>
3: so, yeah, it's pretty good though. So, this is the first time we see the Bundy's backyard. Besides that, you know, the patio where he gives the guy a karate chop to the Adam's apple mm-hmm. and stuff. Like, this is really the first time we see all of it. Because the only backyard thing I could think of is when they buried Bella in the backyard. But that obviously had to be the roads they wouldn't bury in the Bundy's backyard. And it it always makes for great episodes. Like this one, you get to – there's a wedding. You get to – there is a yard sale. like, And they're all pretty big episodes. So this is a great setting for uh, future stuff. Uh, So I guess you could say new set already for season four so peg is her job is to scrub all these like these tables uh like picnic benches and stuff and there's bird crap all over them and just grime and disgustingness and al is just sitting
5: she drags the bench out and and it looks like he's gonna go give her help but he just adjusts his chair that is amazing so I, I kind of have a question. What, what? How do you think this conversation went, where he convinced Peggy to do all the work because that seems totally um, unlike her. Well, he he does. Where? Where's he has that conversation? We hear it. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but I'm just considering since Peg like never does anything, works or or lifts a finger, she's like working hard. We
3: well, you know how it is. Peg wants sex pretty bad, and if Al has to rest up to give it to her. In any way, shape, or form, she will take it however she can get it. So she lets him rest up, and uh, I don't know. It does seem like an odd trade-off, but I guess she's that desperate. Which is weird, because when she finally gets it, she's not happy about it. But okay. Let's get into that, though. Because I, you know, I can't wait to hear your guys' theories. Because as a kid, I never really understood. I asked my sister... The real life Kelly Bundy, and she gave she gave answers that didn't match what I initially thought. So I can't wait to see if you guys have her answers or, or mine or something else. So Peg's scrubbing, complaining how hard it is to do all this stuff. And it's totally turning Al on. And they have sex. And then she does it again. He's like, scrub harder, which is a joke me and my sister have had for years. Like my dad had this weird thing where he made me do the dishes when I was growing up. Like, I guess, I don't know, when I was tall enough to reach the sink or whatever. And that would be this thing. And we'd always go, we have a dishwasher for Christ's sake. Can't just put them in there.
4: Oh, wow. I was like, I was like, why is Alex making this out like it's a big deal to do the dishes? It's a pretty big deal. I wasn't doing no damn dishes growing up. Like, as a kid, yeah. Hell no. I had a short list. The girls in the family did the dishes. (laughs) Yeah, well. Well, there were no girls in my, and it was just me and my brother. Exactly. (laughs) I won't ride into that one. Oh, (laughs) damn it. So, I
3: used to do this, and my sister found this hilarious. So she'd walk past and she was a huge fan of the show. So she would just, you know, obviously I'm not a stranger to dropping Mary Children references, as you've heard. So she'll walk past me and just go,
0: scrub harder.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Why would a guy who who clearly just said, can't we just be friends? Why would a guy who were rallying up sex points for. A guy who lasts three seconds or 30 why does he suddenly want to have sex four times in one day
5: i think it's a combination of things so the first is he's in a really good mood okay right we've seen that from the fact that he invited marcy and steve over second um i think that because pig never cleans or does anything it's a desire And any desire can be kind of connected to a sexual desire um, when you're a guy. And three, uh, she's moving her ass around a bunch and he's looking at it. Can't you see his head bobbling around? Right. So.
3: Yeah, but normally he always looks away from her. Right. Remember that time she bent, like she said, oh, guys will look at anything. That episode, I think girls want to have fun. And then she bent over to clean something off the table in front of the TV. And Al and Steve both look off to another direction. Yeah. Yeah. So,
5: so I think one of those things by themselves would not be enough, but in combination, uh, I think it kind of gets him in the mood.
4: So I think that it that Al gets off on Peggy being miserable for doing the same things that he has to do that makes him miserable, A.K.A. Uh, doing stuff for the family that he doesn't want to do. For him, it's working and paying the bills. For her. It would be cleaning, setting up the table. She is is doing things that he constantly complains about her needing to do that she never does, and when she does it, she is just absolutely miserable and hates sex during it. She is literally becomes Al, and Al gets turned on by by the fact that she has the same kind of misery that he does. He sees herself in in her, and then he wants to put Mm -hmm. himself... In her.
5: Yeah. And, and like the, uh, the fact that, you know, she's actually getting tired, it's like an extra punishment that he's going to make her more tired. <laughs> Cause it seems like he's getting off on the fact that she's actually
4: tired as well. No, that goes into it. Cause he's always tired. He, he's too yeah. tired for it. It literally, he is turned on because Peggy became him. Mm-hmm.
3: So why don't he just
4: play with him? Uh, never mind. <laughs> Cause I can't show that on TV, Al. Ah. I mean, they had a whole Seinfeld episode about it in the 90s, but... Well, I
3: I will subscribe to those theories.
4: Well, well, just so we, I don't have to get it in uh, for the rest of the episode, Peggy gets four sex points in this episode. Yeah, I got four.
5: So, Peggy comes out of the episode plus three. Yep. Yeah.
4: I mean, Al, not off to
5: a good
3: start, Al. Yeah, he didn't do too good. Um, according to him, he did very well. Yeah, I guess he was willing to sacrifice.
0: Water? <laughs> and I wonder, would I wonder <laughs> who the rip. Red... Hey, babe! Water? <laughs> <laughs> no time for that now, babe. Gotta get ready for the barbecue. Oh, and listen, honey, don't touch my grill. It's
1: filthy, Al. Don't you want me to lick it clean so we can have sex again?
0: <laughs> no. I like it just the way it is. Last year's grease on the grill, last year's ashes on the bottom. That's what makes a Bundy Burger special. Oh, honey, would you clean up that spot that uh, your hair made when it got caught on that nail? <laughs> I feel good, don't you?
1: ha. <laughs> I hate barbecues. I hate Labor Day. I hate watching buzzards circle while I'm having sex.
3: Uh so they had sex in the backyard. Yeah, that's 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 something, man. Yeah, like we're concerned an episode ago that they were willing to do it possibly on the I thought, on the couch until Peg said, you know, let's go to the basement. Um but no. They're willing to do it in the backyard, and that reminded me of like I remember watching an outdoor porno one time, and I swear to God, a fly landed on this chick's ass or something.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: I've seen I've seen one with a fly too. You brought back memories. <laughs> yeah, I remember th- I remember seeing something like that once.
3: When she said that, it just reminded me of seeing, and I that I, I probably saw that in like the early two thousands too, like two thousand three. Was it a brundle fly? Yes,
4: it was. Yes, it was.
3: Uh, but Peg looked kind of hot on that table, didn't she? When she was like kind of passed down, exhausted. And...
4: Yeah, I got to say, Peg is coming out season four strong with the with the hot. Did I tell you that she got better looking as it went on? And so far, I'm with you. I'm thinking 100% right. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. People
4: were giving me crap
3: that I, I said that Peg wasn't very hot in the beginning. They're like, what are you talking about? Peg is always hot or blah, blah. I don't know. Not really. I mean, season one, I don't think she was hot at all. Frankly,
5: yeah, I think the first time we even noticed her
3: was I think poppies, yeah, it is on the bed with the short shorts. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm sorry, guys, standing by what I think. Uh, I think she, and I think we all agree that she got hotter as it went on. I don't know, that's just how it seems. So, Al has, <clears throat> like you guys said, a tradition last year's grease on the grill, last year's ashes at the bottom of the grill. Mm-hmm. Does anybody do this?
5: No, I, I know there was something to do with, like, a pan when I was a kid that was, like, important not to clean. But I think it was because what it was made out of.
4: Right. Well, no, there are those pans because Reese has told me about this because her grandmother had one. Yeah, like and my
5: grandmother had a pan. Yeah,
4: yeah. And and both being Mexican, it probably makes sense. But they had a certain pan you didn't clean because it, like I, – I, she explained to me, but something about, like, it makes the flavors – like, yeah, you like, don't clean it because it, it, it creates a flavor kind of thing. And you only cook certain things in it.
5: Yeah, and you only, like, wash it. You, like, you just, like, run it underwater kind of. You don't, like, scrub it down. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. But, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I
3: always clean the grill. <laughs> you have to. I tried to do Al's thing, but the grill actually catches fire.
5: Yeah, because all the, uh like, build-up grease on it. Yeah,
3: so I tried this when I – When I first, because I'm with Jerry, I wasn't really able to, I mean, I did when I went to my parents' house, I always try to take over the grill just so I could be like a guy and know what I'm doing, Mm -hmm. you know? So when I got to my own, I, I knew what I was doing. So when I did, of course, I went to the Al Bundy thing and I said, well, let me go ahead and not clean it so that I could have the same, you know, whatever stuff from whatever year or whatever. And I did that. And by the next year, I swear to God, the whole thing went up in flames.
5: <laughs> Speaking of like grill, like he has like a beat ass, like basic as hell grill. <laughs> that grill is yeah, it's a beat. Is funny, you know, and and I mean, does it really matter about the ashes though? Is that just an Al Bundyism, or is that something that actually you think he is right about?
3: Well, that the charcoal sits on top of the old ashes. I suppose most of the heat's gonna come from the new charcoal,
4: but I, I suppose—I mean, with the with the old grease being heated, dripped up into it, and right. probably dripped into it, and then like it adds a smoky flavor to it or something. I mean, the smoky flavor lit
5: usually comes directly from the charcoal, anyway. So yeah, well, I I know what well, I'm saying
4: will the heating up the of the old ashes of the old charcoal add an extra bit of smoky flavor
3: to they it? They must, yeah. I mean, to to be very minimalist with it, it has to make a difference.
5: What I'm talking about though is the fact that we see Peg uh, in the next scene knock over the ashes and need to replace the ashes but everybody still seems to like the burgers, so is it really... Oh, yeah. Was the ashes significant oh. at all, or was it just something like, so, a, like an
3: allism? Or maybe dead people are just scrum diddly
4: I wonder if it's just the not cleaning of the grease, and he thinks that, well, if you can't clean the grease, you can't get rid of the ash. And it does give him a great like, tagline, because that tagline where he's like, uh, ashes of the past for burgers of the future that's fantastic <laughs> i would open up a store and use that as
1: my yeah. tagline
4: um i i i
3: will throw out a theory but i'll save it for the end
1: <laughs> <gasps> he's going to kill me where, where am i going to get ashes <laughs>
5: Okay, so Peg does knock over those ashes, and the first thing that she thinks to do is to turn into is her to mother, run over, and grab <laughs> three cigarettes. Like, first of all, like I, I just love this little bit because it kind of shows how one desperate Peg is, but also like dumb because how much ash could come from three cigarettes? Nothing you know there. what I mean?
3: Now I'm gonna <laughs> yeah. say this: There's I like what you said, and I'm gonna add another thing onto it. I like how fearful she is. I actually like that there is this to the core respect for Al. You could see that they truly cared about either the the loss or how upset he'll be about it. And I really do like that more than all of them always dismissing him.
5: So uh, one thing that I was going to bring up here is whenever the ashes fall... The the, and and this is something that I wonder, is this in front of a live audience or is it like a laugh track live? Okay, because the audience reacts as if they know what's going to happen to the grill. Did you guys catch that? Like what? Like the end joke? Yeah. Like the audience totally. And then it's like kind of a curveball because that's not what happens right away. You know, she gets the cigarettes. Yeah, you almost forget the audience immediately knows what's what's what what they're setting up here. Yeah,
3: I wrote, you can hear the audience memories definitely jogged <laughs> because they heard about Antoony's ashes, ashes, ashes. All of a sudden, where yeah. am I going to get ashes? <laughs> they would go, oh, God.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah, like, you could hear it, and I'll play that clip.
1: Where, where am I going to get ashes? <laughs> oh. Oh.
3: Oh. Wouldn't the first thing you do is sweep up the ashes that are directly in front of this <laughs> grill? Yeah, probably Until you light, you know, before you light three cigarettes And turn into grandma She's
2: turning into grandma before our very eyes
1: Kids, kids Mommy needs a little help You see, I accidentally knocked over daddy's barbecue And lost his ashes
2: (gasps) Well, I guess you're out of
1: here then, huh, mom? (laughs) Bud, you're the woman of the house now? <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's going to get to that. You see, Daddy doesn't know yet, and we have one thing going in our favor: Every other family on the block is having a good time away from home, except us. That means it's open season on their houses. So, I want you to check barbecues, fireplaces and ovens for ashes. Oh, whoever goes to the McGuinty's bring me a Dr. Pepper. <laughs> <Aria>. <laughs>
3: Uh, once again, the McGinty's were brought up. Peg wants a Dr. Pepper from that house, if anybody swings by. Al wants sex for a third time in the midst of all this.
4: Hey, JP, you're a bachelor. Is your closet like Mr. Collins? Ooh, <laughs> no, it is not. Okay, I was just checking. I didn't, I didn't know. I was curious. Wow.
5: what are the people's houses. So they're just like breaking into houses. Yeah uh and yeah let's get a b and e charge for some goddamn ashes can you imagine
3: <laughs> like uh, with the logistics of this episode <laughs>
6: uh
3: yeah um so marcy's losing her mind I, but hey listen you can never judge how people handle death that's something
5: yeah that, i mean that's definitely true
3: yeah so it is what it is <clears throat> odd timing too um my mom's best friend since she was like uh eight or 11 or so died last week she uh ha- was burned like they made ashes oh. of her yeah
5: oh wait I thought you meant she died in the fire oh
3: no, no. <laughs> and and yeah so there's ashes and an urn and everything the next episode I review is this one like isn't that the weirdest thing <laughs> like what timing yes. is that like and I've you know I've, obviously I've known her since I was born so yeah really weird. So, Al comes out with this amazing apron. Kiss the cook, kill the wife.
5: What we have is uh gearing up montage, yep. which is pretty pretty cool, honestly. <laughs> yeah, there was one thing that was kind of bugging me about it is I think it's the fork that he sticks into the belt, and he has to hold it there. And even when he walks outside, he has to hold it there. It's like not... Like there's not, like that that thing obviously isn't designed to to hold it there, so he's like he has to like hold his hand there so it doesn't fall out. Mm. I noticed that. <laughs> it's kind of bugging me.
3: Yeah, well, uh, the music's cool. That becomes his sort of thing. I mean, it besides that knife discrepancy, it really is like it doesn't get any better than that.
4: Who keeps all this stuff in a briefcase? Like, Somebody who's really
5: serious about grilling.
4: Like, I could have seen him having it in a toolbox, but a briefcase was a little odd for me. I'm not going to lie. Hmm. Like wouldn't have made more sense that if he would have busted out his, like, glow-in-the-dark toolbox <laughs> and, like, had it all in there, like, because it's the tools of the trade kind of thing. But to be, I mean, it still works with a briefcase because he's showing he's serious business right now but i was just kind of like take it like it was two jokes like back to back that i was kind of like what like like kelly just pointing out mom your underwear is under the table and then no one says anything about that everything's everyone's just completely okay with that if i was kelly i'm surprised you didn't say is that mine (laughs) oh my god oh that was good uh, possibilities are a lot greater right I already, if Bud would have made the joke, if Bud would have been like, uh, Kelly, were you busy <laughs> uh, here last night? Did you forget something? Uh, and then Kelly goes, those aren't mine. And then the camera just pans over to Peggy. Yeah, And you get hurt. That right. would have been hilarious. But yeah, the briefcase just threw me off and I just, I, I don't know. It's fine. I'm not like against it. I just think like they could have like done it with a toolbox and it would have been, I think it would have been better.
0: Ah, look at
4: you coming up with better ideas than Michael Moy and Ron Levitt. Hey, I did. I've multiple times given better ways to do things. Uh, A couple times. Couple, a lot, every single time. Whatever. Mm. Sacrilege, buddy. You gotta watch what you say on this show. What? It's not like they're gonna kick the the Steve character off the show or something. Oh,
3: God forbid. Nobody would ever release him this year.
4: Oh, by the way, guys.
3: Okay, so we're in season four and Jerry's big devastating moments. You know, there is no devastating moment. We're waiting for the axe to fall on him. So there is no axe. Guys, let's all take the journey together. Don't... Please, do not spoil when this is going to happen. Don't even mention anywhere. There's nothing to spoil when
4: something's going to happen. It doesn't happen.
3: Okay. Don't let him know it's, oh, there's this many episodes left. Nothing. Let him just watch the next episode and Steve not be there. Please.
4: I would... Whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) That doesn't happen. Steve is here forever. Yeah.
3: Well, I just – I can't wait till he shows up going, so why don't you tell me this was the one? So please, (laughs) guys, do not give him an inkling that this is happening. Let's all see the devastation on his face when he comes on the mic.
4: In the arms of the angels. Al
3: has a Labor Day speech that is possibly longer than Steve's court case – Recollection of his life's history? And what was more enjoyable, though? I think Al. I'm sorry. He topped Steve with that one, buddy.
4: Uh, Come on. Admit it. You have to admit it. uh, It was better. You know, here's...
0: Labor Day. What does it mean to us? To answer that question, we must hark back to earlier times. You see, kids, while the cave woman sat around getting fat, smoking cigarettes... And watching the Phil Java Man show. (laughs) The caveman. Brave the elements, risking life and limb. And the prehistoric beasts. (laughs) And only the hair on his back. In fourteen ninety two, Columbus brought Labor Day to America. And the women still did nothing. (laughs) And that's what Labor Day means to me.
6: May we eat now? Not quite yet.
2: What other torture can he possibly inflict on us?
1: Or the land <laughs> <of> the <free laughs> and the home of the
4: bread. <laughs> you know, there's actually something that does bother me. Why did they use, uh, why did they have Peg singing badly to the Pledge of Allegiance when they've shown that she can sing pretty good before? Like, they sacrifice. like, I understand they're going for a joke. should they and have we, had Kelly do it? They could have had Kelly do it. That would have been funnier. Marcy. Or if Peg would have been doing it but crying the whole time, that would have been funny.
3: Yeah, didn't she sing that Huckleberry Hound song? Yes, like, she... I don't know. I don't know, but... If you take a good look, you know, we have an amazing research team, guys, married Children research team, podcast research team. They definitely pointed out that take a look at Kelly and Marcy, try not to laugh during that uh, segment. So, yeah, once again, Katie Seagull sacrifices her true talent for a joke. But, of course, nothing will ever top what Roseanne Barr did next summer. As most people remember, on July 25th, 1990, less than a year after Peg butchered the uh, national anthem, Roseanne Barr did it. Listen, it's not as bad as what Fergie just did, but that was pretty bad. Her spitting really pissed people off. It was really a big deal in the 90s, in the early 90s. Roseanne Barr suffered a ton of backlash for that. But, guys, what do you expect when you hire a comedian to sing the national anthem? Like, what did you think? She was going to give some great performance like Whitney Houston? (laughs) Like, I don't understand what they were even expecting, but whatever. We'll be right back. Let's hear some good singing.
2: It's time for no man to take a little break in the jiggly room. I'm the DJ and I'm gonna play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Merry with Children.
3: So Al says something that I do steal every year when people come over and I cook in the barbecue. I say something about the best burger they ever yanked out of a cow.
0: (laughs) And everybody just listens to me and just just goes along with it. In exactly 11 minutes and 7 seconds, you're going to sink your teeth in the best burger they ever yanked out of a cow. (laughs) Ooh! you make it sound
6: so good. But uh, Marcy and I rarely eat red meat. So would you mind fixing up this salmon I brought?
0: Oh, no problem. No fish will ever
4: touch my grill. That's my kind of grill because I hate seafood.
5: Yeah, that's... I, I mean, I'm the same way. If, if somebody would have brought me that salmon or whatever it was, I would have chucked that shit over the fence too.
3: Yeah, I... I do. And and I I'd say the same thing and everybody knows that I will never have fish on my grill and that's not even just an American children joke. That's for real.
5: Especially cuz fish is like a taste and smell that you like can't remove from things, especially if you're going to leave the 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 grease on there. Oh yeah.
3: Yeah, can you imagine all of Al's future burgers have a hint of fish in them? Oh my god. Ugh. When my dad cooked fish, man, the whole freaking house stunk. It was the worst memories as a kid.
4: Uh, when I was a kid, I uh, apparently was really bad about not covering my face when I sneezed. Yikes. And I was at the dinner table and I sneezed. and I didn't cover my face. And my dad was like, cover your face. And then I did it again. So he took my plate off the table and made me eat on the floor.
3: That is awesome. Yeah, You totally deserve that, dude, just so you know.
4: Well, first of all, like, this is elementary school. This is, like, probably, like, second or third grade at at most. I probably would have
3: slammed your head into your dish. (laughs) (laughs) Like, if you seriously sneezed just, like, right out in the open with nothing, no covering anything at a dinner table, I'd probably just slam your face down in your food.
4: I mean, I get that, but let's keep in mind I'm like six.
3: Yeah, but I just got done telling you that and then you do it again? <laughs> well, I think we should have your dad on the show because I just want to congratulate
4: him. <laughs> let's do a thing where we just interview each other's parents.
5: <laughs> oh, Yeah, you would totally be swapping places with Buck <laughs> in my house.
4: <laughs> wow. Look, I can... I. You know what's weird, though? Is I think it did something to me mentally because, um rarely when I sneeze, do I like sneeze out? It like stops in my face. It like doesn't come out. Good. Like, so I'm just like, and then nothing comes out. I don't actually like fully sneeze. out. I like rarely will do that.
3: I thought you you were going to tell us you've been eating out of a dog bowl since you were eight years old.
4: Well, I'm not a Bundy. Let's calm down. And just
3: for the record, I would never actually do that stuff to my kid. I would just do it to Jerry. I would treat my kid. Great. (laughs)
0: Oh, well, we still have three minutes before we have to turn the burgers. Come on, Peg, this is your lucky day.
1: Look, it's open, Al. Really, it's open, and it wasn't hard at all. Really? Oh, no.
3: All the burgers are ready. Everyone's eating the burgers. Al speaks to he double checks with uh, Steve. Is the burger good? Steve admits that is the best burger he's ever had in his entire life.
6: You know, I hate to admit it, but this is the best burger I've ever had. What's your secret?
0: Well, I sneak over to the nudie place a couple of times a month in order to make it through life. (laughs) (laughs) To me, that was hilarious, because
4: at first I thought he was going to be like, oh, I sneak over to the nudie bar a few times a month to get a certain uh, seasoning or something, or a certain recipe or something. But he was just talking about how, like, he stays alive. And we haven't (laughs) heard about the nudie bar that much, so it's good to see it, like, kind of start
3: ramping up yeah guys uh, but
4: then he just admits he doesn't clean his grill
3: <laughs> yeah that was the first hint of why we're here right now
4: have they brought up the nudie bar before have we
3: yeah well bud says that kelly's getting a tattoo next to the place that says girls 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 i know where it is okay <laughs> that's about the only one i believe Then this
5: so it's the first official mention
3: yeah, he says nudie place, I believe, though. He didn't say, like, nudie bar. But Chippy comes, but that's all right. Hey, listen, I love the infancy stages of stuff. I like to see the evolution. I mean, I wouldn't be staring at this girl right now in front of
4: me if. Uh, he... Are you calling me a girl? Oh. You were looking at me when you said it. So <laughs> that's why, like, is there a stripper behind me? Dude,
3: it's dark in here. These blinding lights. And plus, your hair is really long. Oh,
4: I can't have long hair? You look, look at your face. You literally look like Steve <laughs> in The Razor's Edge. <laughs> a man's face is a
3: man's face, Cherry. Come on.
0: Ashes from the past for burgers of the future. Marcy, you're not eating.
2: How can I eat with you talking about ashes? It only makes me think of my poor Aunt Toonie. Up on the mantle over our fireplace in her little urn. Uh. <laughs> What did you say was in the little urn above your fireplace? The ashes of my dead aunt.
4: I legit forgot. Uh,
5: I did. I didn't forget. Like I, I, knew, I was paying attention for when this joke was going to happen since the uh, ashes spilled over. But um, I do like that they waited so long, and the reveal was just absolutely perfect. And then to follow up when she begins to tell everybody. And you know, obviously the the, when it gets to Steve is just absolutely
3: amazing. It could be Steve's greatest moment on the show.
5: His face when he like decides to chomp back into the burger is amazing. Like I I do think that it might be Steve's greatest moment because that facial expression is just pure gold.
3: It's Steve's Al side of him, but it encapsulates all of us. It comes off as insanely relatable. It's just perfect. Even the fact that he gave Marcy that one
0: chance and said, Marcy, come on, you're not eating any. Take a bite. You'll like it. Uh, Marcy. Shut but... up,
2: ghoul. All righty. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know, like, it's perfect. I gave you a heads up. I'm a good guy. You told me to shut up. Okay. Enjoy. And Al, I mean, the conversation with Al and Marcy.
2: Mm, these are quite good. No, but Aunt Tootie meant so much
0: to me. I know she did Mars, but sometimes we just got to put the dead behind us. Mm.
3: Al saying, you know, we have to put the dead behind us
5: <laughs>
3: is just... Wow, what an, a great a great touch, and also another great touch is Kelly seeing the you know, realizing this, and then when she tells Bud, you can actually hear her say "ashes" if you listen close, and then you know Peg gets the news and Peg's reaction to it, and then she just Kelly knows that Peg is going to kill her even before Peg goes to kill her. <laughs> I think she starts running even before Peg even goes to do anything.
5: Oh yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah. You know, one thing that I, I do hate about um, mostly TV, but especially sitcoms, is anytime they're eating, if you watch them, like, nobody's, like, ever actually eating. Like, they're just putting it up to their mouth and, like, kind of making chewing motions. Like, Al does this. And I know that the reason why they do that is because they might have to do multiple takes and they don't want people to...
3: Actually eat a hundred burgers by the time they get a good Yeah, take. yeah. But... So what's happening here is these burgers were cooked on Aunt Toonie's ashes, which meant that when the, when the flames rise up, it probably takes particles of her dead body and embeds it into the meat. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty messed up. But I love it. The one stretch, which I'm, I, I forgive this joke. It's a total stretch. The very last gag of Al...
2: Yeah, Aunt Tootie loves a good barbecue. I only wish she could be with us right now.
0: If there's any comfort to you, Marcy, I'm sure she's with us in spirit. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> Boom. Mm. Yeah.
4: Yeah. You know what? I would have believed it had had the kids bought the meat like they were told they were supposed to. But the fact that Steve and Marcy did it means they didn't buy low cost meat. Mm. So, like, I think that was kind of a, like, I understand the joke they're going for, but you're right, it is a stretch. But there was a way to fix it. Well, no,
5: it wouldn't be so much of a problem that Al, you know, had bone in his burger. It's more the fact that it would come up from the ashes and get into the burger.
4: Right. Well, no, I'm saying that had the kids had bought it, there's a chance they would have bought, like... The worst kind of meat. Low grade. And and maybe there would have been like a piece
3: yeah, of Yeah, but it, it's
5: not that unbelievable that a bone would be in a, it, like a little bone fragment would be in a burger. That's happened to me before.
3: Yeah, but the implication is that it's Antoony's bone.
5: Yeah, that's where the problem comes from. Does it bug you guys that when he was cooking the burgers, he only put one on there?
3: <laughs>
5: I, I didn't
3: even notice. <laughs> really? Me neither, but now I always will. Thank you. Wow, nice catch. So what do you guys think of the end shot where we're going to fix
4: everything? I like that Steve and Butter, like, actually trying to, like, solve the problem that's about th- that's going to occur, like, filling the urn back up. <laughs> They're going ahead and getting into that. Peggy's choking out Kelly. And then Al and Marcy are just over there in ignorance just eating their burgers. <laughs>
3: yeah, I love – like, Marcy – is she gonna open that urn and look in there? Cause she say, "Wow, Antuna, you look different today." But yeah, Steve and Marcy, although they've implied vegetarian, they are willing to eat burgers because their fish fell on the floor. So they—well, it did. It hit a house on the way down. But it...
4: <laughs> wait, is fish vegetarian? No, that would be pescatarian.
3: Yeah, we talked about that. Reese does that because fish are. Stupid. Yeah, Reese is pesitarian. So I, I misspoke. So was it pescatarian, right?
4: Yeah, they well, they just – they're not – I don't know. They changed because at one point, didn't they say they were vegetarians? At another point, they're just like, well, we don't eat red meat. Well, she said, Steve, we don't eat meat. And she, he goes, honey, I'm working on a car. So
3: meat is a fish. Fish meat, right?
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying, have they actually ever come out and said they're vegetarians?
3: <laughs> no, they just said we don't eat meat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we get something here that, you know, is – uh you're not going to see very often. I mean, there might be one other time that Al and Marcy bond in this way, but what did you think about at the end of the episode? You know, obviously, <clears throat> it works for the story. It really pays off because Al gets to talk to Marcy and say things like, you know, you know, Marcy, sometimes you just got to put the, the dead behind you, you know, <laughs> which is a, just a great line. It's so out of character to think that Al... Is Al so into himself and his burgers that he'd even?
4: I think Al honestly believes his burgers are so good they could bring world peace. And like, and this is a prime example of it because you have uh, him and, and Marcy almost like um, uh, a great con, a great like war against each other, and they put everything aside to just enjoy these delicious hamburgers on a nice sunny day. Right, it it was
3: pretty interesting, and Al even puts his arm around Marcy and comforts her over the death of her aunt Tooney, even more than Steve was comforting Marcy.
4: Steve really wasn't comforting Marcy at all, yeah.
3: honestly. Like it was, ju- it's just very strange to see, and we always like that kind of thing when. When the characters actually just bond with each other and it's not always, you know, insults thrown around, even though that's always amazing. But it's cool to see him team up sometimes or whatever, usually Bud and Kelly. But so this time these two did. So, you know, that image is so incredible to me that I had to use it as our show's thumbnail because I don't know when we'll ever see this again. But
4: That's true. Even though it is spoilers for the episode, Alex. How dare you be inconsiderate to the people who don't watch it, who don't watch the show before they watch for they listen to our episode? Right. Well, those people will
3: just they they're just wonder why is Al hugging Marcy? What why are people whipping their hair around and why are people dumping bags into grills? I mean, there's a million reasons those things could happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh it's more intriguing you're gonna tell me you didn't look at that thumbnail and go i gotta watch this to see why al has his." Own... how does this happen right what <laughs> that's a lot of going you know, it's a lot going on in one second i have to see why
7: no ma'am we will be right back to wrap up this week's review be sure to join their facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates Just type in www.facebook.com slash groups slash Married with Children podcast. Be sure to subscribe to them on iTunes and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to channels and search up Married with Children podcast. Now they are available on the TV time app. Go to your app store and type in TV time, join their Patreon and have access to all of the bonus Married with Children podcast content. You can email them at Mary w Children podcast at gmail.com Thanks for checking out this review. Now the guys are going to give their final thoughts and ratings of this week's episode.
3: Well, although Al only threw one on, how many burgers are we throwing on the grill for Hot Off the Grill Justin? I absolutely love this episode.
5: I thought that it you know, started off great. The end might be one of the better ends in the entire show run so far, um, especially that Steve moment. Uh, I like this one from, from start to finish. I, I liked all the the little stuff with um, Peg and Al and and kind of our little theories there on, on why he would do that. Um, it, to me, this one just hits on every level. Like, I truly love this episode. It might be one of my favorites in the entire series that we've done so far, if not my favorite even. So like, I, I, I I enjoyed this one so much last night when I watched it. Uh, I'm coming in at a, well, Alex, you you already, you already got one here, (laughs)
3: but a five out of five. I told you it's great season of television. (laughs) Wow. Nice dude. Five out of five. That's as good as it gets. Classic Marrow children. So, how many burgers are you actually throwing on the grill for this one cherry?
4: So this was a really refreshing episode after season three. Um, I was great. Steve was super funny. Bud and Kelly were just on point. Marcy got screwed over, but it was enjoyable. uh Bud got his hair cut. I'm super excited about that <laughs> you know i did I did noticed that as uh well. yeah we got a new set and i liked the the flip on the sex thing the switching of peg and al's personality was really amazing i really liked it um i so i'm giving it 4.5 out of 5 because there's just a few little things that i really really want to like just tweak to make it a little bit better and smoother so so i'm doing 4.5
3: 0.5 for a toolbox you believe this not just yeah. a toolbox. I, I said
4: like four or five different things that I, I would tweak. I'm joking.
5: I'm not, damn it. <laughs> <laughs>
3: hey,
4: he thinks I'm serious.
3: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, great season opener. Landed on Labor Day.
5: That I like too. I, I like the holiday themed episodes always, usually.
3: They've been all great so far. Um, they really know how to do that kind of thing. Super strong opener. Everything's great. Believe it or not, that role reversal that you mentioned about the sex stuff, that was actually something that somebody brought up on IMDB in the trivia section. They said this is the one episode where the roles are reversed, uh, where Al actually wanted sex and Peg did not.
4: I think it's more than that, though. Like, they have an almost complete personality switch. Peg's miserable the whole time and Al's happy the whole time. It's usually Peg happy the whole time and... Uh, Al miserable the whole time like it was almost like their personalities were switched it was Peggy complaining about the family right? Uh, even
3: Peg is easier on Al with that though she don't ask him for four in one day she even knows better but yeah um, like it's just it's just so perfect I mean there's really nothing that doesn't work for me Uh, Grace uh, what a great ending and I gotta say that yeah, I remember watching this growing up, and I, I do forget about the ashes um, by the time it comes back up. You know, like Justin mentioned, like the audience remembering as soon as Peg says we're going to get ashes, we're all saying, oh, God. But by the time it happens, you somehow forget because you're so wrapped up in Al's uh, big Labor Day speech uh, before they even get to eat. You're wrapped up in how everybody feels about the burgers. You're wrapped up in this, that, the other thing. So when it hits you, it's really great. It's 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 as good as the ending of um, Impotent to me. You know, like revealing that Al and Steve set that whole thing up is just as satisfying to me as as this. So uh, yeah, this is a classic Marrow Children. Not a, a dull second here for me five out of five just the start of one of the my favorite seasons of television i mean i just don't know how much more i could phrase it um so guys join us next week dead men don't do aerobics a tv fitness guru tries to whip peggy into shape until she turns the tables on him